Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 23rd of April, 2015. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And Dave, it's been a hell of a week in tech, huh? It uh, it has. And you know what I found kind of funny, Jim? What'd you find for, kind of funny? for every week for the last couple months, um, we've been talking about mobile getting. Yeah. Or, or, or as we refer to it, the Pegasus update. But <laughs> it, it, it hit me. The one week we didn't talk about it in the last two to three months, last week. Yeah. <laughs> right before it's about to launch, we, 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 uh, we got distracted with a great guest. and uh, Well, I, I think that was rather prescient of us, come to think of it, because, um, you know, we call it Googleopolis, Mobile Get-In, Mobileopolis. Pegasus um, Update. <laughs> so far, it's been kind of underwhelming. It has, yeah. I think it's important for for us and and our listeners, of course, to remember. Google had noted that it's going to be a rollout of weeks. Well, indeed. Um, you know, but I think all of us were kind of expecting like the big red button to get hit and the two keys to turn and and everything goes uh, goes to heck in a handbasket for people who are who aren't on mobile. Um, you know, it, I mean, it is a rollout, but it, it's you're right. It, I was waiting for something bigger than it was. Well, for. Uh for listeners who've been living in a box or haven't been paying attention for the last, like, six months or so, on Tuesday, Google introduced a brand new algorithm for a re- basically a brand new data set of, of, of its search index for mobile devices only. Um, there is currently, effectively, two Googles, one that you would use on your desktop, the other that would happen in the mobile environment. And for SEOs, this is what is so fascinating – we're watching a new sorting algorithm start from day zero, which, as far as we know, was Tuesday. And, Dave, this is, the, this is one of the neat things. Think of how Google is built on the way it perceives relationships between web pages as well as relations to, to keyword queries. Mm-hmm. We're watching a, a new sort of a massive database of web-friendly websites starting basically from zero, or at least from uh, presumably where those sites were in Google's index before the new algorithm was applied. So we're starting from ground zero of sorts. We don't get that opportunity often. No, it's way cool to watch, but here's the funny thing. It's much harder to see the signals in uh, mobile than it is in desktop. Desktop, I mean, you can view source quite easily. You can, um, you know, take apart the success or failure of, a, of an effort in a logical, linear manner. manner. Not mm-hmm. so easy in mobile. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. I think we've all tried over the last few days. <laughs> and, oh, certainly. Um, yeah, and it, it is a, it is a, a bit of a, bit of a pain in the butt to uh to try and sort it out there but um yeah it's it's i i've I've felt it 
completely underwhelming. I know you you'd reported you found it uh, a bit underwhelming. I think I was expecting more out of the gate. Um, you know, because they told us a date, right? They they should have known that. They should have known we were all just going to be waiting and waiting. Well, indeed, I'm sure they. I'm, I'm sure they did. Could you could you imagine the uh, the Googleites who monitor the Twitter feed? They were sitting back with popcorn, just waiting yeah. to see us to go, right? <laughs> I'm afraid it was somewhat underwhelming for them as well. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I, you're right. Actually, I can picture them now sitting there like the rest of us would on, say, New Year's, right? Just watching it, waiting 10, 9 as the day, like it's a countdown to to uh, to the 21st arrives. Just just watch the chaos. Um, and not, uh, yeah, not not much. Is that, that's not to say a lot won't happen. Um, or and it's also not to say that a lot hasn't happened. For instance, uh, yesterday, Google reported that there are now four and a half to five percent more mobile web, mobile friendly websites than there were before the twenty first. Right. So people have taken action to improve the web experience of uh, of their users. Now, there's there's going to be a lot of people who 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 are going to argue that this is just another Google behavior modification program and. I guess it really is. Um, Google is able to change web design or, or mobile design to fit its needs and, um, just by announcing it's going to make an algorithm change and all the webmasters go, oh, shoot, there's an algorithm change coming and they, they make the changes Google wants. But yeah. another cool thing that's going to come of this, look at your mobile site okay? mm-hmm. and look at the way images are, are arranged on it, um, the way text is arranged on it. You're going to see a lot of refinement over the next couple of months as people start tricking out the way their sites should look on mobile. Yeah. No, you're you're totally right. Um, it's funny. I'd never really thought that much about mine, right? Like I had a fine mobile. And I, I mean, ours, yours probably too. If I look at my mobile mm-hmm. stats, they are not indicative of the norm, right? There's not a lot of people looking up, you know, internet marketing companies on, on their phone in a hurry, right? Maybe in our blog area or something, but not a oh, lot of people looking for to hire a, an agency to do their to do their marketing for them um, in, in that kind of. So I haven't really worried too much about it. But as I'm helping clients migrate and this and that, mine's really started to bother me. That's <laughs> for exactly what you're talking about. It's like, oh well, now I've seen so much better stuff, and I know how to do it because I had to do it over there. And um, you know, it's that. funny. My, I, I I like the version of Digital Always Media, the mobile version, much more than I like the desktop version. <laughs> um, just the way things worked out with a graphic and the uh, H1 headers that I used, yep. it squinches in such a way that it looks like you're op- opening to the front page of a beautiful, glossy brochure. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> now, when, when, if you look, that's when you're looking at landscape. When you look at a portrait, not so much. But landscape, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I was so happy. Well, congratulations um, on that happy accident. So I'm pushing everyone mobile because mobile looks cool. <laughs> and if you are going mobile, as um, well, a gajillion and one people are, um, you know, I, I've said this a couple of times, but it's been it's been about a year now. About a year ago, Comscore noted that there were was more traffic doing Google searches on mobile devices than there were on desktop devices. Over half the searches conducted at Google in April 2014 were done via mobile. 
I guess it's mind blowing. Yeah. So think about, um, and then we, 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 we've been talking about this for years, whether it be, um, mobile as we now see it over cell phones or back in 2005, we were talking about, um, computers getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, again, this is before the ad- advent of the iPhone, but it's on the same way of thinking. Google has introduced a service yesterday called Google Fee, F-I. Maybe it's Google Fi. Uh, it looks, it sounds better saying Google Fee. Um, it's a low-cost cell phone service that will guarantee, no matter where you are inside the United States, it's only available inside the United States. No matter where you are, you will be on the very best. Sprint or T-Mobile signal, and if there's a Wi-Fi hotspot nearby, you will automatically log in to that Wi-Fi hotspot. Google says this will cover the entire continental United States. Their price point is just over $20 a month. And um, again, Google will guarantee that you get the best and lowest cost um, cell phone service by you know, making sure that you have the optimal network or if there's an open Wi-Fi port, um, logging, logging you into the wi- into Wi-Fi. What do you think? I think it's really cool. I think it's really kind of scary. Um, it has to happen. Um, the days of being tethered to your desk are so long over. So you can now have a completely connected experience in virtually any urban area within the United States. I'm not guaranteeing this will work well in the in the desert, but um, it should work perfectly well in Los Angeles, even in areas that are like Wi-Fi deserts. Somewhere, a Sprint or T-Mobile signal or a uh, open Wi-Fi signal will be present, and Google will hook you up with it. Um, I think it's amazing. It's, uh, I mean, it's scary that Google is so large and is able to have so much control over the telecommunication experience, but at the same time, who else could do it? Oh, 100%. I mean, they have the, the complete infrastructure to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question to you then, Jim, will be, why? Why are they doing this? Oh, well... <laughs> to um, take advantage of it, you have to have to have a Google membership. So you got to be part of the Googleverse to take advantage of it. So it automatically drives up the number of people who are part of the Googleverse. And then by the Googleverse, I mean anyone who uses Gmail, uh, Google Analytics, Webmaster Tools, Google Hangouts, um, the application the formerly known as Google+, or any other Google-y service. That you sign into. Yep. Um, Google is all about getting subscriptions to its increasing, increasingly large host of, um, for want of a better word, lifestyle facilitation services. <laughs> that's Love three that. Words. <laughs> that's three words. But what do you? I mean, that, that's a good term, eh? Lifestyle facilitation. Love it. Um, yeah, Google I mean. It's it's because I can't see this as a big money maker for obvious reasons. Um, you know the the price they're they're launching in at is going to be twenty dollars a month for the phone calls and texts um, and the Wi Fi access. 
um, and then ten bucks per gig for cellular data. That's I mean, especially as as a Canadian. I mean, those rates are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't forget that's on top of whatever you, whatever else you're paying your carrier. Right, you're still a T-Mobile or a uh, a uh, uh, Sprint customer. Right, but a very basic. Yeah, you would need much less. Like, no, indeed. Yeah, you'd, you'd be because this like is covering your call. Ninety-five package or whatever the lowest package is, but yeah. And so it's good. For, it's good for the for T-Mobile and Sprint as well. It's good for everybody um, in, in this context, except uh, maybe uh, people concerned about um, privacy. <laughs> because again, now you are you are setting yourself up in a, in a complete environment where. Things are more tracked into one location. There's, I mean, I've always felt a, a little more comfortable. I'm sure you have too, and, and probably many. While the more people that hold my hold segments of my data, while the more people there are, the more weaknesses there are in the system. At least I know the weaknesses only aspect smaller chunks of that data. Um, you know, if you hacked my cell carrier, that's now different than you know whatever my my desktop usage, right or or whatnot. <laughs> Um, in this environment, this brave new world that we're setting into, and um, we're being asked to just swallow the soma and smile. Um, you know, you you, you hit. Sorry, that maybe a, an obscure reference there. Um, I mean, we're we're heading into a, a world where now my cellular, my desktop, they're moving our phone number into the cloud on this service. Um, so even my my sort of localized non mobile. Um, phone usage would be would be tied in or could potentially be tied into the same system um, that 's putting a lot of data in in one location, um, which is always always a little nerve wracking <laughs> well I agree and i i mean i'm i 'm a privacy advocate of course I, 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 you know, I believe the individual has a right to privacy but i 'm also into what i 'm calling um, tPA total privacy awareness. And uh, the TPA score on life on Earth is zero. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, I, you, I see everything you do on Facebook, Dave. I can tell you when you're. I, I can tell you when you're going out on a snazzy date with your wife because you're wearing a bow tie. <laughs> and you know how I know that? Because you or a Doctor me, Who convention. <laughs> you told me yourself. You put it up there, like I do myself. You know. I'm not, I'm here worrying about the police state while bitching at the police state via Facebook. Um, right. It's crazy. We're crazy. <laughs> want privacy, right? <laughs> right. I guess the thing is, and, and I think we all kind of view it in in this way too. Anybody on on the web in this in the context that we are is, I'm okay when I've chosen and when I understand the risks. Um, you know, I I don't put up data on face. You know, there's there's things you don't post on Facebook. Um, you know, there's things that could conceivably be on a phone call that you don't want Google to know about. We're SEOs, Jim. There's lots of stuff that I say on the phone that I don't want Google to know about. Uh, um, use an Android. <laughs> if you um, do, they probably know. Yeah, it's a good thing I just don't give out my cell number. <laughs> Indeed. I, 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 I never understand why Facebook keeps asking me for my cell number. Like, well, what's Facebook going to do with my cell number? Yeah, I know. Unless Mark's calling, I don't want you to have it. Right. I'm not even sure I want Mark to call. He can come on our show, though. Anytime. <laughs> okay. Speaking of our show, it's probably time to take a break here. It's about quarter past the hour on the 23rd of April, 2015. 
On behalf of Dave Davies over there in Victoria at Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio, Radio.fm. Stick around, friends. We have a lot more coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. The Web Marketing Association presents Great Moments in Website History. 1994, Trey G browses with a high-speed 56K modem. 1997, Donnie W discovers scrolling. 2006, Smudges the Cat becomes an animated GIF. What is your great moment in website history? The Web Marketing Association is now extending entries for the International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. The call for entries has begun, and the deadline to enter is May 29th, 2015. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Gangnam Style. Today's the uh, 10th anniversary of YouTube. Ten years ago today, the very first YouTube uh, video went up. Excitingly titled, Meet Me at the Zoo. Um, showed co-founder Jawed Karim in front of an elephant enclosure, basically introducing his app, YouTube. <laughs> Since then, over 300 hours of footage are uploaded every minute. YouTube gets billions of views every day. Again, the most watched video 2.3 billion views, and you know, just for a perspective, there's 7.5 billion people on Earth. 2.3 billion views for Gangnam Style by Psy followed, not even close, only half as many views, Baby by Justin Bieber. I could go on, it's a long list, but I don't know, I think that's worth marking. Over a billion views a day. Could you, could, can you wrap your head around? One in seven people. Are looking at YouTube. 
on average a day? You know, though, I, I, I'm thinking if I took uh, one of my kids off, we'd probably half that number. <laughs> well, indeed. If you got rid of the cat videos, you'd half that number again. Well, in, indeed. Um, I know, you know what, and it, it's taught me, it's, it's funny how watching your kids can teach you so much about what you just wouldn't know about. Um, I think we've chatted about it before, about the popularity of um, the speed runs and the walkthroughs on video games. It's amazing. When I think video games, I think, hey, let's sit down and do a little, uh, you know, whatever, Battlefield 1942. How's that for dating myself there? Um, <laughs> or, or that sort of thing. Uh, it's it's absolutely massive, the amount of money being generated and time being spent watching other people play video games. Uh, it's, it's a little bit insane, but uh, for those who haven't caught on, you can watch other people have the fun that you could be having. <laughs> well, yeah, but some of those other people can do things that you can't do. Um, I, know, I, I, I know this kid who's actually number two in the world at Call of Duty. That means almost nothing to me but to him it means everything and and he can do stuff he can move between his weapon sorts and jump around and aim at people and i wouldn't be able to do that so no, fair enough him play and watching me play are two totally different <laughs> entertainment experiences all right you have to you have to let me know what his clan is so that i can join his and we can kill all my other friends. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's Alan Connect's kid, actually. My business partner's kid. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up later. Perfect. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, video games are sport now. You know, it's, 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 it's a virtual form of sport. Now, right. I, I don't know about watching Minecraft builds. I can't imagine that's incredibly interesting. But maybe there's a story behind it. It's true, and they're explaining what they're doing and how they're doing it as they uh, as they go along. I, I have watched them over my son's shoulder, and it, it's it. There is more to it than, than just a simple watch me play kind of thing. But uh, so, yeah. you're of the age, Dave. Do you remember the amazement at the concept of the internet? Yeah, you know what? This, Actually, I'll, I'll be honest, Jim. First time I was on the internet, I hated it, and it was like three years until I even tried it again. And YouTube or um, Yahoo, circa nineteen ninety, probably six, sucked. <laughs> Indeed, it did. But do you, I mean, just knowing that this application existed, and I'm, I'm thinking of those Minecraft videos or video games as sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that you know we we saw as a possibility back in the nineties. Um. I remember when I had a cyber cafe, the underground on-ramp in Victoria back in the 90s, and we had 26 Pentiums networked, and people played Quake against them. And I thought, wow, if we could just export this to TV, I would own an arena. Because right. that's the way I think about stuff, right? Right. Know, who doesn't want to own an arena, right? Right. Um, that <laughs> the Canadian now that you that are. it's actually happening, there's people who make money by you know allowing advertisements in these... In these YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, again, mind-blowing. So if you're really, really good and you can tell a story, you can actually make a career. And I'm sure this is like being a rock star. One in a hundred thousand can do it. But, you know, maybe maybe you're that person. Um, you can make a career telling stories via YouTube, even if yeah. it's about the Minecraft build that you did. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing, and some of them make some very good coin. Well, 
that's this is where we are say 20 years 25 years after the introduction of the commercial web imagine where we're going to be 25 years from now I mean I don't even think we'll have like tools to get to the web it'll just be in our head Oh yeah, because I mean, just just imagine twenty years from now, my kids are hosting a radio show and they're talking about when their youth. We're talking about the birth of the commercial internet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they'll be referring to the world that we're wowed at right now as this cute little thing they had to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had to clean out all the legacy code, but you know, once that once that was done, we were able to put the internet in our brains. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Speaking of legacy code. It's a, it's a, I figure it's a good segue to incisive media. How okay, I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> what was the tip-off? Legacy code? <laughs> yeah. Um, incisive media has sold ClickZ, Search Engine Strategies, and Search Engine Watch. They've been acquired by another company from the UK that's um, very much like incisive media called, and um, you know, somebody out there in internet land, please correct me if I mispronounce this, um, Blenheim Shalot, or Shalcott, I'm sorry. Blenheim Shalcott. Maybe it's Blenheim Shalcott. It's, it's hard to tell, but I'm going to go with Blenheim Shalcott. <laughs> so, Blenheim Shalcott um, is a holding company. <laughs> Through its portfolio company, um, um, Contentative. <laughs> You always know when, like, you know, it's, it's a company full of MBAs because they have an unpronounceable name in English. Contentative. Yep. Um, through, through this holding company, this, this portfolio company, um, Blenheim Shalcott is going to, in its words, bring value to... Uh, they're they're going to uh, try to phrase this so it actually comes out making sense because it's corporate speak. Okay, Blenheim Shalot says they look for high growth potentially potentially large industry sectors typically typically undergoing some market technology or regulatory discontinuity where we can build scalable platforms that satisfy a sig- significant customer need, resulting in strong and sustainable margins. You got all that? Yep. Okay. Um, that's corporate speak for, in, uh, from what I figure, it's corporate speak for, wow, you got a lot of pretty stones on that necklace. I bet you if we cut the necklace apart and shine those stones up, we could sell them for even more than we could sell the whole necklace for. That, that's, <laughs> that's how I read that paragraph. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I... I'm I, I'm really glad Incisive has let go of Click Z and family because I hated what Incisive was doing with them, but I think I understand why Incisive was doing it now. Yeah, I, I mean, some of their recent moves are making a little more sense, knowing they were looking at acquisition. Um, yeah, of course. There's there's the other side of that where it didn't earn them a lot of love in the community. The community that. Uh, I'll just refer to them as BC, uh, would have probably been looking at to see whether this was going to be a good fit and and, and be able to grow. Uh, You're right on your analysis, I think. I mean, basically, I I just heard that as, yeah, we look for weak stuff that we can split up and make money on. (laughs) Like, that's that's what they were saying there. Um, I I do, I mean, obviously, I, the same as you, 
if it changes the direction that uh, that the properties are going in, I think great. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of some of the directions they were taking. Um, if it gets split up, would that be the end of the world? Um, like if search engine strategies became separated from search engine watch, um, would that be a horrible thing? Um, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Does search engine strategies just get absorbed into SMX? Right? Like, is it? I, I don't think that. BC's putting any love into into this, right? This is money. Yeah, fair enough. That's, mm-hmm. that's exactly what they're there to do. Um, you know, and, and would somebody like Danny sort of go, yeah, I can get rid of them and become the powerhouse, right? And and now have mine again or be the one that actually dismantled the other one. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Danny can do that by doing absolutely nothing and, and letting them continue on the path they're on, yeah, right? I guess, I guess. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know what, I, I, I kind of view it, there's a lot of great properties out there, um, you know, to, to get SEO information at, you know, I'm a, I'm a regular contributor to search engine watch. If they changed or, or became something different, would it be the end of the world? No, there's still a place for people to get some good, solid information. They're one of them, but there's there's many good places where people get some good, good solid information. But would it sort of leave leave this sort of like a, oh, that's kind of sad. Like, what was the first place you used to go to, Jim, every morning oh, a decade ago? Absolutely. Right. Search it was, watch. It, exactly. And so it would be kind of sad to see it become something totally different or, or shut down. Well, and it's the same thing with search engine strategies. That was the the grandfather of conferences, and that's how many of us came into the industry. Yeah. Oh no, you're right. I was my first conference was a, was an SES event back in 2006. I know yours was years before that. And the first uh, one you spoke at, what well, where, where was the first conference you spoke at? Was it an SES? It, it was. It was in San Jose in 2006. Same one, and and you know what? I haven't said it in a while, Jim. Thank you because I had never been to one. I was solo there, and. Uh, you know, you helped uh, you helped me find some some people to chat with and uh, and made it a great show. Yeah, that was the end of Google Dance. We went back when they used to have them. If I vaguely remember, that was that was the one where Jenny Dew climbed the Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, so that was a great party. <laughs> um, yeah, um, getting stuck in memories. Okay, so we'll see what happens. Is Blenheim uh, Shalcott going to be really cool and bring search engine strategies, click Z and search engine watch sort of back more towards the um, practitioner community or are they going to continue with the, you know, the, the, they're trying to attract brands pay to play. And I mean, this is exactly why uh, incisive went pay to play and, and only had the big name brands on stage. It increased their perceptual value. Right, they got more money for their conference by turning their backs on the practitioners who made the conference. Um, I guess I can understand that from a business perspective. It's uh, to me, it was always more of a community than a business, but that's what you know. There you go, eh? Yeah. And- okay, moving on. Oh, yeah, I, I think we should go to the Twitter stuff now. That sounds good. Fun. Twitter is finally cracking down on trolls. Um, do you remember Gamergate? Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, Gamergate was terrible. <laughs> like, just awful. It was, you know, misogyny posing as journalistic critique. But it was all about hating on women. That's what Gamergate was all about. Successful yeah. women in the gaming industry and just being... Uh, I don't even try, I don't even got a word for it that I can say given we're distributed by Clear Channel. Um, 
it was awful. And a lot of that happened on Twitter. Is that Twitter's fault? Not really, although, you know, they, they're well aware of what's going on on their network. Um, Twitter is used for bullying, for threats, for LOLs, for pile-ons, for shaming. And, you know, frequently that's just part of human communication, odious as it might be. But sometimes it goes way over the line. People get silenced. Good people get silenced because trolls, people who can barely string a sentence together, threaten them out of the out of their their role of commentator. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember, um, I mean, years ago in the search industry, a very prominent woman got pushed out because some guys just couldn't handle a woman who was right, incidentally, who had an opinion. So Twitter's cracking down, and they will, um, well, they will yank people's accounts if they, um, you know, have threats of violence, promotion of violence, or just there's some, what Twitter has said, how they're going to do it and what they're going after is pretty vague. Um, they will lock abusive accounts for specific periods of time. They're going to go after people for non-specific threats of violence, promotion of violence, and for um, outright racism. Kind of good, although it's good luck. Good luck catching up with that Twitter. Um, I'd like to see you do it, but and it's the goal is to try to stop harassment, which is really easy to get behind. But there's little, well, there's a little part of me that worries, you know, about um, the marketplace of speech and ideas. Now, I, I, I like the idea that Twitter will create a safe environment for people who were getting bullied and were getting pushed out. But does that mean they're going to be pushing out other people who can't articulate themselves well? Well, I mean, you bring up a, a good point. It's always one, right? Like you, you hit a spot like this. Um, and you think, you know what, this is a great idea. And if only I could be the one to make the rule as to what gets, stays in and what gets pulled out, everything would be totally fine. Right? Like we all, and I'm sure we all would think that. If I decided, then we would end up with free speech protected unless you were being a total jerk. Yeah. Right? Well, Sorry, I had to, like, I had to correct the word I was right? about to say, as you point out. Um, but you, you can know, say that. You're, you're allowed to say that word. <laughs> I'm not, but you are. <laughs> Um, we both are. It, it does okay. hit that line where, where does who gets to decide? I mean, we all know that there there's some clear black and whites. You know, threats of violence. Okay, that's 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 a line. <laughs> like, okay, we can we can all agree as a society that as soon as there's a threat of violence, yes, then then that breaks line. But when you get into harassment, how where is that line? Um, you know, for for most of us, I can look at it and go, that's harassment, but where it's it's a large graying area from a from a light gray to a dark gray and where where is that line specifically placed um where it's not just a a disagreement um but it's now moved on to harassment because you can't you know somebody you know goes to you know at beanstalk i am i think dave's a jerk that's not harassment Sorry, and I, I know now people are going to do that, but uh, no, <laughs> so maybe I should have used a different example. At don't J- worry about it; you don't got to do it anymore. 
<laughs> um, but you know, that's not. So where does where does it transition into something that an outside company has the right to block? I think I could see it. You think you can see it? But do I trust um, you know a, a, an algorithm, or do I trust an outside property or, or people even? Um, to decide where that line should be. I think it's a sticky area. It needed to be addressed. I, I, I 100% agree that it needs to be addressed, um, but it's a really, really tricky area, and I, I wish them luck in navigating it properly. Yeah, indeed. And if this becomes a normal activity um, or becomes normalized, what's next? Now, again, in this instance, it's, it's hard to argue against stopping people from harassing other people. But... I can bet that people will be reporting harassment, right? Yeah. Have you ever heard of something stupid called swatting? No. Okay, like now, <laughs> don't ever do this. Kids at home, don't ever do We are not advocating you do this. Don't ever do this. It's stupid. But people do do this. Not that you should. You should not. Honestly, like, make no mistake. We're saying don't do it. People, when they get mad at each other, it happens, oddly enough, in the gaming world frequently, will call the SWAT team to the other person's house. Hey, there's a, there's a guy with a gun and he's crazy and he's locked in a bedroom and um, he's got a hostage. Well, that'll get a SWAT team moving. Mm-hmm. And people do this, you know, that's how, that's <clears> over <throat> video games. Imagine what they'll do on Twitter, given half the power to ban somebody else. Right. Um, so yeah, the normaliza- the normalization of banning for speech is worrisome. But again, there are so many douches on like Twitter who make it an unsafe environment for good people. What are they going to do? Yeah. Okay. If you want to be on Twitter and you want to get good ranking on Google, and who doesn't? There is a Search Engine Land article written by um, Miriam Hirsch- Hirschman. Published today, April 23rd, around 9.35 in the morning. And you know what's really cool about this article? What? It pretty, it pretty much breaks down Twitter signals into easy-to-understand categories. This is stuff that Google's looking for. Now, it's 20 minutes to the hour. This is a really good time to take a break. It's also a good time for listeners to go over to Search Engine Land, look up Miriam's article, because I want to take a look at it when we come back from break. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from, Digi- from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 23rd of April 2015. We're going to be back looking at Twitter signals after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Do you want to optimize and grow your business? Then master your skills in conversion rate optimization. Sign up for Conversion Conference Las Vegas 2015, happening on May 12th through the 14th. It's Brasco from Webmaster Radio inviting you to the biggest and only conversion conference in the United States this year. Join your colleagues and the world's leading conversion experts, including Tim Ash, Amy Africa, Lance Loveday, Natalie Nahai, plus 40 of your favorite optimizers. Learn to create persuasive content, design landing pages that trigger your visitors to action, and convert blog readers into customers. Come to Conversion Conference. The conference that pays for itself in no time. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get a $100 discount on their pass. Register early and get full access for only $897 when you use discount code WMFM. Simply register online at ConversionConference.com with the code WMFM. 
theconversionconference.com, code WMFM. Hurry, save your seat before they sell out. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 23rd of April, 2015. Friends, i got to apologize for my voice. I have spent the last two weeks straight yelling at my government. Uh, (laughs) Literally. Really honest to goodness. Um, Dave, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Um, as it happens, I'm one of the many organizers of a national coalition to stand up against a bill that the government's trying to introduce, Canadian government's trying to introduce called C-51. Many of the tech companies in Canada, including Hootsuite, Slack, OpenText, and, and others, have taken a stand against uh, C-51. I could go on for several hours about it. As you can hear by my voice, I've done that several times in the last two weeks. What I am going to mention is someofus.org has a petition asking Google to take a stand against C51. It's been up for two days now. It's got almost 10,000 signatures. Um, go over to HTTP action.someofus.org. Uh, you will find the petition. Uh, folks, please check it out and sign it. Uh, C51 will silence voices um, on the internet. Uh, it will silence free speech in Canada. It'll very likely make me stop saying stuff in Facebook, and you know, people who follow me on Facebook know how entertaining that can be. <laughs> anyway, that's why my voice is messed up. Please, save Jim's voice, sign that petition. I shouldn't have to do this. It's 2015. We should have freedom of speech guaranteed in this country. Anyway, moving along. Don't want to spend a lot of time on that. I've spent all too much time on it. I want to talk about Twitter and signals. Google and uh, and Twitter made a deal earlier this year. Google's going to be incorporating a number of uh, in will be basically incorporating tweets into Google results if they're relevant to the uh, to the, the keyword query. But that leads obviously the open question: What exactly is Google looking for? Right. Good question. Luckily. Uh, Miriam Hirschman over at Search Engine Land today, April 23rd, published an article called What Signals from Twitter Does Google Care About? Read the article. Read it twice. It's way worth reading. 
As we move forward, SEO is becoming a lot more about um, moving traffic using venues like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or any other um, any other place you can find traffic to move them towards your, your company's website or your company's offerings or your client's offerings. Twitter, Twitter will help you rank in Google. But again, what are they looking for? So Miriam breaks it down into four basic categories. Um, trend strength, tweet strength and the engagement with the tweet, the influence of the user who sent the tweet, and um, link or page strength, the measure of the traffic to a site linked to from Twitter. So how does this like all work out? Um, do you use Twitter much in, in your campaigns, Dave? Uh, depends on the campaigns. Some of them, yes. Some of them, not so much, of course. You know, depends on... on the specific product or service or whatnot. But um, yeah, it's, it's often um, a, a fairly well-loved well um, resource. I well, assume that the same is, can be said for you. Uh, yeah, again, it's, it's very client-specific, one of whom is a large publishing company, and we love Twitter for these guys, right? Yeah, I can imagine. So let's, let's look at each of these categories and what signal you can use to meet the category like Google's looking at, okay? So starting with trend strength. How popular is something, a trend is, at any given time, and how many people are talking about it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's quick. Open, open Google News. Choose top story. <laughs> probably trending. Right. So what kind of signals does Google use to see that? It uses hashtags and, the, and keyword usage. The frequency of seeing hashtags, um, hashtag Mobile Tuesday. Or keywords, the frequency keywords are used inside the tweets themselves. The next thing that Google will look for, um, should I rank this tweet or um, apply a favorable, a favorable signal to it? Tweet strength and engagement. Um, the popular value of any, of any given tweet, like how many people see it, how many people retweet it, how many people interact to it, how many people reply to it, etc. Yeah, and this one I'm going to put down as probably the most easily manipulated uh, well, of their categories. Yeah. You mean like by bots? Um, or by bots? Yeah, or by, you know, all just en masse. Uh, yeah, I mean, bots would be an easy way to do it in a lot of cases. Um, or, you know, we all know the services. Get yourself, you know, X number of likes, favorites, this, that, the other thing. Now, there are tests for this, but... You're right, Dave. Those services are still getting rewarded in many cases. Yeah. Um, Google, Google, Twitter itself is supposed to have tests to see if it's a bot or human factory network. Um, so if you are going to do that as part of your marketing efforts, fair play, I guess. But um, <laughs> it depends. you will get caught eventually. Well, exactly. It depends how important your longevity is to you. Yeah. And don't get addicted. <laughs> You can play with heroin, kids, but don't get addicted. That's the one rule. Okay. So, signals that come from tweet strength. Uh, the number of impressions, the number of times people favorite, the number of times uh, people retweet it. Most importantly, number of times the link inside the tweet gets clicked or the video or, atta or image attached to it, either the video plays or the image gets looked at. Next, user influence. That should be fairly self-explanatory. Um, look at your clout score or whatever. Um, 
measuring tool you use, but if you're fairly influential, Google knows it. Right. Um, I mean, you think of the way Twitter's set up. They track every movement of every one of their users within the Twitter environment and all the stuff that happens related around that user's profile. Mm-hmm. So Google and you know, Twitter and Google uh, know if you're very popular. And the signals there are followers, follower to following ratio. Are more people following you than you're following? How many lists are you included in? Are you an essential tweeter for, for X number of people? And how many times does your name get mentioned out there? So, you know, you can have a lot of people retweet stuff that you put up. You could have even a lot of followers. But if you're not being mentioned frequently, then maybe you're not as, as influential as other, other um, factors of signals might suggest you are. So if you, if you want to be a influential user... Get people talking about you and become so essential to people's daily daily lives that they got to include you in, in a list to follow. Right. Lastly, and this is, this is one that uh, webmasters can work on directly, how does traffic behave when it goes to that page? Are people moving beyond Twitter, going to a, a web page, a landing page, and what do they do when they get to that landing page? So, you know, Google's going to, like, check the number of links to a specific page amongst a bunch of tweets about the same, about the same thing. And how many people click on the link? I'm going to take a step further and say Google is also going to measure what they do when they go to that page. Do they stick around for a while? Do they actually read information there? Do they bounce right out? So all of those things, trend strength, tweet strength, user influence... And link and page strength are the major signals from Twitter that Google's looking for. For a lot more information, check out the article at Search Engine Land, uh, Miriam Hirschman. It's a totally cool piece. Yeah, it's a good read. Oi, um, okay, if we have anything small, we only got about four minutes left. Um, Facebook changed its algorithm. Yeah, sure. We can cover that quickly, and it is important. Okay, so used to be until very, very recently, like yesterday, that <laughs> if you were a brand, a corporation, a service provider, or whatever, you would put up a um, a page about you. This isn't like your personal profile, but like the Beanstalk page or the Digital Always Media page. Right now, if if Dave, if you were to you you put up all your blog entries and stuff, all, all stuff that goes up at Beanstalk, you put that into your Facebook page, right? Of course. And you, uh, you know, I see whenever it goes up, and I go over there and I click like a because I like your writers, and B um, because you know I want to support a friend, right? Right. Well, the more people who liked who liked, oh sorry, when I liked that there was a good chance that other people in my network who were interested in technology or interested in, you know, in what, what Beanstalk is about would also see it, whether they wanted to or not, just because they were connected to me cause, and I liked it. That's changed. Facebook is lowering the value of those likes, which is you know, kind of neat because Facebook actually sold a service where you would acquire more likes. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it was one of those factories and... Uh, one of those factories in the back, back streets of Shanghai. I don't know. But um, Facebook did sell a like service. So this is going to harm one of Facebook's own services. 
the reason they made this change is people were complaining that stuff that their friends were interested in were coming up in their new- and clogging their news feeds, and they weren't necessarily interested in it. So, what is sort of if you know if Facebook ramps down one signal, it stands to reason they're ramping up another, right? Yeah. So the question is, what is that going to be? Well, now there there's two angles, I guess, because we can go the ramping up something else, or it may just be that they're patching an issue. They may have realized that hey, their actual users are sticking around less or skipping past stuff um, because their users aren't seeing enough. Like when I go to Facebook, am I looking for brands to pitch me, or am I looking to see what Jim's up to? Um, right, I'm more interested in what you're up to than I am at what some brand I may like them. Um, but I, I more want them as an addendum, something to fill in the gaps if nothing interesting is going on. Um, mm-hmm. Unless so, if the brand makes something extremely interesting, in which case it becomes the story. Well, and if the brand makes something really interesting, they should boost that post. <laughs> well, <laughs> indeed. In, uh, agreed, agreed. Um, it, this will lower the exposure brands have to Facebook users unless they sponsor the page. Or purchase Facebook advertising. Right. I think that's the big end game here. Well, it is. And that's, that's what brands are going to have to do to get exposure in that environment. Is that what Facebook was trying to do? I'm sure somebody considered that would be an effect and smiled about it. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I'm going to take them at face value. I do think they were trying to clean up people's feeds and you know trying to keep user interest high. For a lot of people, their, their internet is filtered through Facebook. They wouldn't know to type the URL into the address bar. Or maybe they would, but they wouldn't think of it. Well, there's that big white hook. <laughs> okay, we're, um, we've gone over time here on Webcology again. Every time, but it's so much fun. We will be back here next week. On behalf of Dave Davies from uh, Beanstalk Internet Marketing in Victoria, BC, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media in Toronto, Ontario. You listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around, friends. There's amazing content coming up in the network after the news. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm.